Atlantad Mods Podcast! Butter Picks! Come on down! The Odds Fellow! Price is wrong, bitch. Oh my god, that was great. Oh, I love doing those. Oh. <laughs> that one really got me. That was that was your best idea. That actually, that's yes. shout out come up, for that idea. Yeah, I gotta I gotta come up with something else for for next week too. But oh shit, that was good. R.I.P. Rob Roddy, by the way. At what point so, are you gonna run out of ideas? Fresh fresh game show ideas. You can hit me on game shows. I probably know the answer. Pressure uh, luck. <laughs> no whammies. The match Price game is wrong. Oh, let's go some. Let's go seventies. Oh, my uncle was on the newlywed game. Oh, um, was he? In like in like the like the seventies. Is he still? <laughs> did he make it, did he make it through. Did he make no, it through. And then and then they got invited back like for another one. Um, I forget they won something, um, but I can't. We can't find the tapes. So Is that I, the two and two? Yeah. Two and I two. Think, yeah, I think so. No, no, no. Was that the, no newlywed game? Was the was uh you you had to match with the person, right? Like you like you asked her significant other questions, and then you had to try to answer them. They had to see the same way that they knew each knew each other. Right? That yeah. yeah. So every time I turn on Game Show Network, I'm hoping to run into that eventually. But how would you do with with your own wife? Really well. Fail. Oh. <laughs> really well. Right, so we'll, maybe we'll do a dad bods newlyweds edition. Ooh, that could be fun. And our wives, I would, I would lose. I, I, I know a Malort shot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put Malort on the line. Couple. So yeah, more. quick update. Um, the Yankees have lost uh, six in a row to Boston. Terrible baseball. And that means that the intern.net and yours truly, looking right at me right now in disgust, the odds fellow, will be taking a Malort shot at some point as soon as we can get the goods. And obviously it'll be on video and you guys will get to see that. But I mean, that has to be the, like, I didn't think they were going to sweep. I, I, I thought I, I there was a Cole chance, but get the win on Sunday. Right? <laughs> it's a good bet. Your team is terrible, by the way. I just, <laughs> they stink. No, they are winning tonight. And any Yankees fans that listen to this podcast that are that keep everything positive and said, no, this is the problem. This is the problem. The whole team is the problem. So if I was a owner, I'd make a move. What it may not be firing the manager, it may not be firing the GM. It would somebody. be fi- taking somebody out yeah. to make it uh yeah. an appearance coach, of coach, I'm trying to improve the team. somebody. Yeah, do something. That's the worst part. There's just nothing. It's insanity. It's it's the meme of the the guy p- picking, you know, do something. Yeah. You know, or with the one thing. the guy sitting, the fan is me sitting in the fire. The fire's just getting bigger. Everything's fine. Me. Drinking the coffee. <laughs> as a fan, as a fan, it's got to be frustrating because you want something to kickstart the team. You you need that. They don't have anybody young. It, it seems like they don't have anybody Look. that's like a young. Like they need they need a. They need Brett Gardner 12 years ago is what they need. But they have Brett Gardner now who can't, who has like, you know. No longer a savage in the box. He, he can hit it 250 max in the air. I mean, it's just so, and he's not quite. He has, I don't, I don't, I don't live in Boston. I don't live in Tampa. I don't live in LA. I don't live in these title towns. I live in New York and I just want to see a fucking title. Is that my so have much things, to ask? My have things changed. So bad. Islanders get what, what out. New York forgets to do is like you need to have a real good year, maybe two years of suck. I mean, a hot I mean, be suck. careful depending on what you team you're talking draft, about, man. what team you're talking about, because some of them have had some some hot suck. 
But that's what the Red Sox do is they like they're they're the Olympic champions. Yeah, look, they just Yankees, every four years they, they make didn't move. bottom out. Remember they kind of they repulled on the fly. It was like a quick rebuild, and then they yeah. they jumped out way in advance of when they you were saw them to. go in that direction, especially with trades with the Indians where they took some hot prospects. It just yeah. for some reason they're not in the lineup. They're not. They're ahead of. Them. They're ahead of the. I, they have to be. I don't think anybody in the Red Sox organization was expecting to be a contender this year. No, no I would say the Red Sox were ahead of schedule. Like the 2017 Yankees were ahead of schedule, right? Yeah. And so hopefully well, that's one of the things that maybe we'll ask Greg about when he comes on. Um, yeah. A little bit about what he thinks about the Sox and the Yankees yeah, and, that and that, in that AL East race. But um, the Red Sox have been fun to watch. They're, they play baseball in a, in a, in an era where nobody plays baseball. Everybody's just trying to hit home runs. They, yeah, they do hit home runs, but the dude, guns play that, that really drove me crazy though. Not to cut you off. Yeah. Sack fly. I think it's the second or third inning. About. Yeah. Sack fly in foul territory. And you could tell Luke mm-hmm. Voigt or D I think it was Luke Voigt, not DJ had no idea where he was, the way he was tracking the ball, whether it was the, the guy on third or the third base coach or both of them. Like that is heads up baseball. Three quarters of the league. Isn't even running on that. that yeah. Way. He tagged from second on the ball to like left center. Yeah, or something to get to third right yeah but and, and it was and a double tag that was a double tag my so the thing throw, guns, the yankees fucked up the throw because they should have got oh you're KD right at second base what oh, was a double tag yeah shit yeah first and second moved to second and third on the first out of the inning and my big things and i think this has got one this is probably I, guns would agree because he watches this team a lot and has known what they look like when they're good right their clubhouse is good their clubhouse. It, when you see good. everybody just joining in and celebrating with the team on, on like a even just a sack fly or or just anything, they're just right. together. Yeah. And that's what Alex Cora brings to that locker room and brings to that dugout. It, you almost have to have that player. It's almost like having a player coach mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. a guy that understands situations. Alex Cora, if he sees a guy on, you know, in running, uh, in position at second with one out, he knows what to do. He'll sacrifice one out knowing that he has a guy that will actually get contact, get him a single and get him, you know, across the plate where the Yankees are just a bunch of guys that are trying to swing over the fence. I don't know where the line is for the contact hitters versus the power hitters. It doesn't seem like the Yankees like each other. Does it? It's a, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a weirder dynamic, I think. Like it just seems like they're all, they're kind of there to do their job, and that's about it. Like they, individual ball players, right? Yeah, they don't seem like a team, and that's the and that's kind of what I thought Aaron Boone would be better at. I thought he'd be better at motivating players, and because he's a charismatic guy, yeah. I think they might just see past his bullshit. I don't know, I, or either that, or they're just. Or we he have had, it wrong, or we one, have it wrong, and they're just playing bad. Listen, and and once they play good, good they look like they're having more fun. I don't know, but he, he had one good hit versus a knuckleball pitcher <clears> late <throat> in, in the game on back in 03 that <laughs> propelled them to a World Series. I don't believe they won. And next thing you know, the Red Sox win the next year. So is that the year they lost in the Marlins? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that oh, up. One, but, oh, one was the. Uh, that was D-backs, yeah. That was D-backs. Yeah. So when's their last World Series? Josh 2009. Beckett. Josh Beckett in the morning. Nine, yeah, 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 yeah. So A-Rod actually won one. But, but, no, but so even that good. team, that team took a while to break through. That 0-9 team was, was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of those teams. I think the, the championship-level teams, you need to bring guys in there that you may you have a few big free agents that can actually get you the hits and the runs, but you need those guys that just – bring the locker room together and just like this is baseball baseball is fun it's 162 games you gotta like yeah you know get off the business end of things and there's guys that you that can do that and the Red Sox have always been able to do that especially once they figured out how to win a fucking world series now i don't know the yankees are always the professional like they always wear the three-piece suit like shaved face you know, keep your hair clean, team. It's like you need to get off that. You need to let guys be themselves and go out there and be comfortable being themselves. I don't yeah, think that's when you an play for the Yankees, you, you can't be yourselves. If that's uh, 
playing into it at all and just how these personalities kind of come together because they do have it's you know what do you whatever you want to call it corporate i don't know like big time it's they weird, just right? they, they still they do just, the facial they just thing. they need they need a they need some speed they just need some, they just need some personality they just are they just doesn't it feel like they lack any sort of personality like they just lack you any Gary, sort of the, the kraken I mean, Judge just kind of stands up there and does his thing. He does none of that. They, they just don't show any emotion. They just kind of do their thing, and they could care less about it. They don't seem to care if they win or lose, and that's the most frustrating thing for a fan. And I hate because I've watched teams that are like that, and it sucks. Like you're like, why am I why am I investing my time in watching this team that doesn't really appear to be living up to their potential at all? Um, but. Well, that's enough Yankee slander. We'll let we'll, we'll <laughs> thoughts. We'll we'll have plenty. Well, we'll we, off the we have we have we like, transition to the NBA. We have plenty. We have plenty of time to bitch about the Yankees the rest of the season. Well, let's transition to a little bit of uh, you know, Gun's oh, homework time. Ooh, oh, you want to? Uh, oh, oh. I'm he's so in the happy. library. He's I in the am, library. I am in the library. It is study time. <clears throat> Exams are coming up. They're a few months away. This man is here to ace them. All right, so let's talk college football. It's never too early to talk talk college football. What have you learned diving into your book of magic over there? So what's interesting to see is, like, you know the guys that have left, and you know the the guys that are staying, kind of. Like, I I, kind of want to give some insight into that. So there's a lot of surprise teams that probably – an not a lot of people know about or kind of were under the radar. You know, this was the COVID year. So you had a lot of guys playing short season, especially in the Big Ten. And I wanted to give a little bit of insight in there. So what you saw last year, and I and I did call this out on the Dad Bots podcast when I did my college football preview, is Texas A&M was going to be a very surprised team. And guess what they ended up? They ended up fourth in the country at the end of – the rankings they were fifth when the college football playoff came out and i still think that they are going to be a contender for the sec title this year and they are going to go after the alabama crimson tide they're on alabama's division who's their quarterback that's the question so they they're playing with a uh i think a freshman quarterback this year but they had the running back they had last year. Uh, most of their starting uh, offensive line. Most of their defense is coming back. So they have a lot of returning starters coming back to transition with Jimbo Fisher's uh, scheme. And I think this is a perfect spot for Jimbo Fisher to excel. I was going to ask, is, is, is there pressure on Jimbo? No. There is no, no. pressure on Jimbo after last year. Yeah. There was pressure last year on him. This year, he what's came, their schedule? He won a what's major- their schedule look like, Guns? All right, let me pull this up. Because I and while he looks at that, I am not an A and M. I, I'm close to A and M. I, you know, I, I'm down here in Oklahoma, and they were in the Big Twelve for years. And A and M to me is always just kind of a pretender. They're kind of like Penn State, like the Penn State of the South. I would call them. They they look. They everybody thinks they're going to be good, and they never are. They did take a step forward last year. Um, I feel like, I feel like they. I, I just. I don't know. I don't see them ever winning a national championship. I hope I'm. Hope I'm right. I'm not an A and M fan. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But, All right. So what I would love as a, as a casual fan just to see somebody else in the mix. So what you yeah. need to know about A and M? Isaiah Spiller is a running back. He was a electric running back for them last year, mm-hmm. and and actually showed himself in that bowl game versus North Carolina. If you actually watch that UNC game on that Any comeback, relation by the to way, CJ Spiller. He, I have to look into that. Cause I don't know that question. I'll go to the I Google. Do. You know, who's should ask the intern. Who's just the intern? <laughs> Where's the, Oh man, that seltzer is spicy by the way, but they're bringing back their entire receiving core too, like a hundred percent. So, I don't think Kellen. I don't think they're going to miss much with Kellen Mond being gone. I, I was Kellen Mond was. Him. You thought of him kind of like a quasi. <clears throat> I, I, I don't even know. He 
Like he wasn't. It's hard a great to win as it's hard to win as a big a big shoulder bad quarterback like Kellen Mond was. So they have like the projected starter is going to be a freshman. It's going to be Haynes King. So I don't know if that's going to be the starter on day one, but it's it's a Jimbo Fisher recruit. So Jameis Winston, could we get another Jameis Winston? I don't know, but I think we we can. It's only up and up. It's gonna. From, it's, from the it's all gonna depend. It's all gonna depend on their schedule. Who do they have, and where do they have them? And and I think the, the other key category, and they're gonna have to go against Alabama again. They have nine defensive starters coming back. So from the offensive perspective, they they are losing a little bit here and there, but they have Isaiah Spiller coming back. So you have that run game. You have a little bit of that dual action that um, Jimbo Fisher likes. You have the defense come back. You have you have a different perspective. A lot of experience coming back on the Texas A&M side, where they were the surprise team last year, and they're going to have to go against Alabama um, in October 9th, and they're going to play them at home. Okay. On a revenge spot when they got crushed, I think by like three scores. What does their non-conference look like? So you have uh, week one they play Kent State. A week two, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State. So they should go into yep. that week five and out. Mm-hmm. No question. With no pressure. So that kind of scares me not having any competition going into Alabama. Then they have to play Missouri at Missouri. The SEC is uh, going to be down this year, I think. A, a little bit, yeah. I think LSU is going to climb. I think LSU was kind of one of those teams that I saw like, you know what? They got put into a bad spot going into COVID, and a lot of guys just they had a lot of guys sit out, and yeah. And 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 if you look at the recruiting classes that came in, like they're going to be fine. And I think like a lot of people are probably going to lean like not to back LSU this year in a lot of games, especially against big competition. I think that's one of those teams that like you better recognize that this is a program that is successful and is going to be successful for years to come. They'll bounce back. This is yeah, a they'll bounce big, back hard. This is a big not to get off topic, but just thinking about it. This is a big big year of a lot of new quarterbacks. There's not a lot of established quarterbacks at the major programs this year. I mean, other yeah, than, look, other than Oklahoma Oklahoma, oh, yeah, UNC is not a major too. program. Get them the fuck out. I of mean, here. you got a quarterback that can put up stats. Eh, I always say something. No, we're talking. We're talking. We're talking teams that can actually win. Win the national. Well, UNC is going to win the ACC. I don't think they're going to beat a Clemson, but no, especially no got a, a good Clemson quarterback coming in. Uh, they have no chance. The kid who None. the kid who backed Lawrence up last year, right? Which is, he's good. He's a stud. He's a yeah. star. And then he's Notre Dame are they outside. Notre Dame and ACC again, or are they independent? They they're independent. Okay. And uh, they're basically going with Jack Cohn as the quarterback that transferred from. That's such uh, a Notre Wisconsin. Dame quarterback name. Very, right? but I but they have a guy uh, Buckner who who is the future star of Notre Dame, and he he is basically waiting to take over that position at any point. I watched him in that spring game. He looked better than Jack Cohen at his age, at 18. He looked great. He, it's a perfect Brian Kelly-type quarterback running that RPL. They have the one of the best backfields, in my opinion, in the country with Kyron Williams. That kid is electric. And, Until he and, plays and, the big boys. Well, when he played the big boys in Alabama, that dude – put up yak so check the stats on that one <laughs> so this is what I, we're gonna have to do every week we're gonna have to give you, uh, you tell us about a new team yep maybe so a and m is the team so a and m do you think they're team. a playoff are they a playoff team they, they're gonna contend i don't know if they're gonna get past alabama honestly i alabama is alabama i think they're gonna like they they get alabama at home so it's that helpful. is an advantage for them but they have to play LSU at LSU in the swamp. That's at the end of the year. That's going to be coming. a tough spot for right. them. Imagine they get by Alabama, and then that's the that's the slip up. I'm going to go on the record, and I think Oklahoma makes a national championship this year. So through the playoffs, oh, I, I, don't, the title I don't. I don't. That's that's not a hot take. I think. Well, I mean, I'm not, I think they finally. I think great. they finally win a game. 
because this is the year that they have Ooh, they did not okay. have a first round pick in the in the because they they they're loaded they're stacked they, they, everybody's coming back and they, they have had a one great, first round pick no no a lot of guys coming back on that team they have uh, a, listen they came into that bowl better game defense, right trying to prove a, a, a resume I, I hate it but they're gonna be ex, they're gonna be a buzzsaw a fucking buzz oh Shane Rattler is arguably the Heisman Trophy favorite. Like he Spencer. is Spencer. I'm sorry. I said Spencer. <laughs> yeah, Spencer. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he had his growing pains in the first four games, like every other freshman does. He, he, he took a, a bad freshman? loss. Did, did he redshirt? Or is it true, I true think he no, I don't think he redshirted. I think he played. Yeah. He might have played. So he went in there. He, he took a bad beat against uh, Iowa State, I think. Right? Early yeah. on. Early on, and once he and then he went to the you know the Red River shootout or rivalry, whatever you call mm-hmm. it, played a, a good Texas team into overtime, and that was his coming out party. He played yeah. absolutely perfect, and then it was all rattling. They beat, they, they lost, they lost to K State early. That was the weird loss. That was, yeah, that was, was yeah, that was an early. You're like, how the hell did they lose by Bill Snyder? But they steamrolled everybody after that, the Red River shootout. So oh, yeah, uh, they're they're going to be loaded, and I think, um, I don't know. I think if you, the, betting on him to win the Heisman, I think is the best money you can spend, because I don't think Slovis will win it. Uh, maybe the kid in North Carolina will, but other than that, there's going there's to have to be a breakout star that we don't know about. You could, be you could if even go and look player. young with uh, Alabama. You don't you don't know. Where no. these kids are going to end up? No, you don't know. You really don't, and you don't know who's going to come out and quarterback Ohio State. If they're going to be good or not, or he's so, got one of the best wide receivers in the country, by the way. Olave, oh my God, somebody to throw to like him. That like like Ohio State's coming back angry. With you know they're missing a quarterback, kind of, but I think. With the recruiting class that comes into Ohio State, they're going to be it's, just fine. It's going to be a fun season. We'll get more into that as we go along. But shit, I mean, we—I uh, was sitting on the couch the other night, and just to get away from college football, I didn't even realize Wimbledon started. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> in the like I had no idea. Usually, I have a, a, some sort of an idea that it's happening. I don't know if they just didn't market it or if I just haven't just been completely out of it. But I mean. Wimbledon's going. Is, is there anything going on in Wimbledon we need to be paying attention to? Is it when you wake up in the morning? Just yeah, you have some tea. Where, and you have morning coffee, some tennis. right? Was it coffee? Some coffee at Wimbledon. They just killed Sports Center. I'm like, God, oh, you fucking assholes. <laughs> no, I, I know there's people that care about value. tennis. God live, live betting tennis is a is could be. I've never lethal. It can I've be lethal to bet, like to bet, to bet a team to, to bet somebody to break or to, you oh, know, it just changes to, so quickly. Oh, it's a lot of fun. That's but so like, betting tennis is fun. Serena's but. out. That's one thing. Oh, really? Yeah. After a fall, I don't know exactly what happened. I saw it earlier today. So she went wow. down after the fall, after the leg injury, she pulls out. So no Serena in the rest of Wimbledon. Damn. Speaking of leg injuries, before we get to our featured guest, Giannis, uh, uh-oh. What happened? Hurt. Oh, okay. Wow. So that so that was the run. So the, the the Hawks are five minutes away from uh pushing it to game five. Yeah, five, that's the score. Five it's... two two. Um ninety nine seventy eight. Oh my god. So I think it was I the I saw the Bucks cut it. I, I saw the Bucks <laughs> cut it to, with no Trey Young. With no Trey Young. So Giannis left oh. in the third quarter. And it's kind of been downhill since then. I mean, they were still down seven at the time. But they were they were cutting into it a little bit. Oh my god! So they're saying hyper extended. But could you could you imagine Hawks versus like Suns? Like that's I don't a, know if I could watch that. That's a that's a that's an NBA ratings nightmare. I mean, I'm a fan, and I don't know if I want to watch that. There's no fan base in Atlanta. I would watch the for... Bucks against either of the Western Conference teams. I don't think I could take the Hawks for another round. No. What if it's Clippers, Hawks? <laughs> I like the Clippers. I'm high on that Clippers team. Yeah, you are. You Playoff are P. Playoff P. 
Man, think, did he show think, up last night. I think the three one is in Paul's head, CP3's head. I think being a three one. I agree. That little that little clip where he he talked about it after the game. Like she was asking him a question on the court, and she was like, you know, last time, um, you know, you've been in this situation before. And he's like, no, 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 we're not talking about 3-1 again. We're not talking about 3-1. Like, he was, like, on guard about it. And I think Beverly's been jawing. I think Beverly's been jawing. Michael. Oh, coach, sorry. (laughs) Um, I think Beverly's in his head. I think the 3-1 is in his head. And I think this is the team that he kind of – could you imagine the Clippers overcoming the 3-1 to to knock him out? Somebody has to win. Right? We know like that Paul versus the Clips. The Clips have a cursed franchise. Yeah, the Clips are in trouble if they lose this. And Suns have been to a final before. Is there any well, chance yeah. Kawhi is coming back? Three was probably the last one, right? Uh, is there any chance Kawhi is coming they back? Won't, they won't. No, say. they won't say. He won't Kawhi. even give it. A, he won't even give it a go, will he? Yeah, he's one of them. You don't care. Yeah, the machine is broken down. He needs a new chip. <laughs> when Mike Breen said that on the telecast, oh, Kawhi's so going crazy, and he's just sitting up there, just <laughs> blinks. That was that was sarcasm, though. Oh, oh I know. But that's what I'm oh, yeah, that's we so, all know. So that's what good. that's what that's makes why, it so that's funny. Why Breen yeah. knows what the hell he's doing. I mean, you could tell in the broadcast too that Van Gundy and Jackson like wanted to make a comment, but didn't didn't couldn't double down. It on was it. great. It, yeah, Look at Kawhi, he's going wild. Okay, uh, he's just sitting there, just like. Nervous as shit, just chewing his nails. <laughs> well, they were on a run. Yeah, it was. Hey, yeah, that was hilarious. It was Alrighty. funny. Well, I think that's enough. Uh, little college football, oh, little basketball. No. We got to go talk baseball with a special guest on the other side of this. All Stick right. around and find out. What's up, everyone? We are back. Thanks for sticking around. As promised, we got a very, very special guest that we are excited for. Greg Peterson. You can find him on Twitter uh, at GUnit41. Great to be here. You can find him at VEASAN. You can find him hoping, ho- hosting two great podcasts, uh, the Baseball Betting Podcast and, and another one, Tailing College Basketball. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this guy. He goes through the slates in detail, and that's what we're here to talk about. We want to grind on a little baseball, but Greg, thanks for joining us, man. Always great to be joining you guys. Thank you so much for having me because I know that, Anthony, you've joined my podcast a few times now. It's good to be joining you guys. Yeah, a little home and home. So we Yes, I listened, back to back. I listened to you guys this morning, and nice. uh, <clears throat> it was a great show. And, um, of course, we have to talk about the Cardinals and how bad they are at scoring runs. Um, oh. And I know we had kind of, I had kept betting that team total, hoping, you know, I had never tracked anything that went past, you know, nine in a row. And I didn't talk, I didn't, this doesn't count the double header that they had played where they scored nine runs because I don't track the double header totals in my data. But, um, dude, what is up with that offense? Are they just hit or miss or just, they seem to be all or nothing. And kind of two weeks, they'll be really good. Two weeks, they'll be really bad. And it's just they're they're the one of the most annoying teams in the league to bet on for me. Um, and what's been really shocking is that Paul Goldschmidt just still hasn't gotten it going. No, this is a guy that year in and year out you can always count on him for thirty home runs. You can always count on him to be able to get on base. Three twenty on base, two fifty batting average, eleven home runs. You just expect a whole heck of a lot more out of him, and he's a catalyst for them. Yep, I agree. I agree, and they just they seem like a, a team that doesn't have a true identity right now. No, um, they don't. Get, getting a little bit older at certain positions, and um, it's sad to see because they had a great – they had a nice run. But As you see the, the, you know, the baseball season going into the summer and, you, you know, you see uh, kind of the, the bats getting a little bit more lively or anything like that, do you see any transition as far as the totals go? Are we supposed to be looking more towards the over in a lot of cases? Or are we supposed to like kind of like stay the course and, and like just figure every everything out game to game? I think it's just one of these things that you've got to be taking game to game because while I do expect a little bit more scoring in July because it gets a little bit more humid, ball is going to be flying out a little bit more. 
bookmakers always shade these totals up. And what we've noticed over the last seven days is that I know that there were so many people saying that they were just going to attack overs because of the substance ban, no more spider attack. Well, if you take a look going into Tuesday in the last seven days, about 54 to 55% of games had went under the total in the last mm-hmm. seven days, which tells you that bookmakers have been able to transition. You mm-hmm. still are seeing some high scoring games, but I take a look at this, just one of these things in which you got to be looking game by game. If you wind up seeing a pitching matchup, like you were talking about the Cardinals game a little bit earlier, I want yep. to betting that total over because I'm a schmuck, but because of, <laughs> because as well, well it, won. Martinez, it won, right? Yeah, for the record right now, it's top of the fifth, and it's zero to zero right now. Yep. But Carlos <laughs> Martinez, he enters into that game having like a 13 ERA for the month of June. Right. And those are the sorts of things that you got to be taking a look at. How fresh is the bullpen? Weather is obviously going to be playing a factor, especially when you get something like Wrigley Field, when the wind is blowing out, that's really going to impact those totals. But it's one of these things in which you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to be taking all overs today, or oh, I'm going to be taking all unders today. You just have to look at it game by game. Take a look at these pitchers. If you're going full game, evaluate the bullpen. Obviously, starters more so if you're looking for five. One of the questions I wanted to ask you kind of on that concept, right, because you do it with college hoops as well as the same way you approach, approach MLB and baseball, is that volume betting. And I think it's really hard for for handicappers. I, I struggle with this all. I'll key it on four or five spots, try to cut it right down to maybe a couple, and then you're betting less. So when you approach it with the volume and betting the full board and kind of taking that, you know, you want to pick a side in total on everything. Does that, like, how does that help you get into a rhythm and find a little bit of a groove and find these trends with these teams and almost feel more confident going in? I always believe that when it comes to all these sports, everything is a little bit of a web because if you're taking a look at, for instance, the Miami Marlins versus the Philadelphia Phillies series, the Miami Marlins, for example, they wind up getting shut out. That tells you a little bit more about the team that wound up giving up 11 runs to them a few days earlier and that starting pitcher. You're able to find out a little bit more about the Philadelphia Phillies, maybe the team that they gave up quite a few runs to. Well, they're not so bad on offense. We remember that Phillies versus Washington National Series in which I think that final game was like 13-12. to 12. It was one of the yeah. most haywire things we've seen in the last few years. Well, Lo and behold, the Washington Nationals have all of a sudden busted out with the bats. Kyle Schwarber is right now about the second oddest thing on the face of planet Earth, the lava. So you've got that going on. And I really do think that being able to stay in tune with all these teams is important because when you're taking a look at all these different teams, you are a little bit more forced to take a look at some of these spots. And you were mentioning it a little bit earlier that you have a tough time cutting it down. When you're taking a look at everything, but let's say that the spots that you're finding are only for like two or three select teams. You're probably doing a good job of being able to key in on those, but you might be lacking a little bit in other categories with what I wind up doing. It forces me to stay up on all 30 teams every single day. And I know that a lot of people say that that's probably a lot, but in return as well, I'm not doing as much in the NBA. I'm not doing as much in hockey. I'm mainly focusing on MLB. And then when it comes to college basketball season, I'm only focused on college basketball, which fortunately for me, pretty much when MLB season ends, college basketball starts and vice versa. I think that's a good point that you made too, is like, you know, everybody thinks they have to bet every single sport. It's like you focus on the sports that you know, the Mm -hmm. sports that you love and the sports you're successful at. And uh, taking that route is probably the best thing is like, there's too many sports to go and track and try to like cap at at one time. It's like, you're going to, uh, be weak in some sports rather than others. So it's, it's, it's more important. Like for me, it's like college football. It's like, I, like that's all I want to focus on like in sep- September versus like any other sport that's going on the, during that time. So seeing that you have found your niche in a couple sports here and there is like, I think that's important from a capper standpoint to, to take that direction. If you're going to go in that route. Oh, I totally agree with you because We know that like the Euros and other soccer tournaments are going on right now. I know absolutely nothing about soccer and I'm not going to pretend to know anything about (laughs) soccer. And I'm going to stay away as far as I can. Meanwhile, you'll see a bunch of experts out there. There's a lot of experts Mm -hmm. this week. (laughs) Yeah. They all of a sudden popped up from out of absolutely. (laughs) Never knew they knew soccer. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, what are you guys doing? And then you'll notice that people are like copying other people's picks and everything like that. And then you sure. just have to have a good hearty chuckle about that. And the biggest thing I can always <laughs> recommend to people as well is don't blindly tail anyone. That goes for anyone on this panel. This goes for anyone that you wind up seeing on social media. Always do your own research. Granted, there's using other people to be able to use as a launching pad. You're able to get some good stats. I'm always scouring Twitter trying to find out who some of the guys that are doing well slash not so well when it comes to making you slash losing you money in pitching is. Those are great things to have. At the same time, if you're just looking at, oh, this person is like, nine and four in their last 13 picks we are just going to blindly hitch our way into them for about a week more often than not you're going to be disappointed <laughs> right do your own research that's for sure um i i want to ask you a question i think pun probably want to ask you the same question i didn't know if yeah. he was going to bring this up or not but like you have all the pitchers getting checked for uh substance used during uh their starts you have the umps like calling it out and i think even the managers can even call a pitcher out now which is kind of ridiculous yeah that was Joe Girardi Girardi. and I and I think if 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 you're it's almost like uh, a challenge in my opinion like I personally think in theory like you should just make that like a challenge like a challenge is the football you can lose a timeout or or you can get ejected from the game for for making too many uh, assumptions or something like that I I really like that assumption but um I want to know how does that how is that going to affect um certain pitchers down the road um, like you see all of a sudden you see Cole, like struggling with the Red Sox, uh, yeah. uh, was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, do you think that's going to be a pattern that you're going to see with a lot of pitchers that have been dominating, uh, earlier in this year versus, uh, going into the heat of the summer and into, uh, you know, postseason territory? I think the big thing is just taking a look at the big outliers. Like we've noticed that Trevor Bauer has seen a significant drop in his spin rate. He only gave up two runs in the start on Monday to the San Francisco Giants, but both of those were homers. And the San Francisco Giants lose that game 3-2, to two, going 0-13 with men in scoring position. That's a game in which I would have taken the Giants, lost that bet, but it's one that I would make every single time because the odds of the San Francisco Giants going 0-13 with men in scoring position. And on top of that, Mike Talkman trying to stretch a single into a double in the top of the ninth inning to just make things even worse. I'm going to take that every single time because it's one of those things that you just chalk up as an outlier. But I watched that, is that something- play. I watched that play. And I, he was so, he was, I thought he was safe on the replay. What did you I think? did too, but it's one of those things oh. where you don't want to be taking that chance with no outs in the ninth inning. Down and you could tell one. he kind of slid and he got up and he's like, shit, I shouldn't have gone. You know, I mean, yeah. but aggressive play is aggressive play and you're going to live with the result, right? Like, like you said, but go ahead. I, I, I was watching that exact same play and thought the same thing. Oh, man. <laughs> it is all good. But getting back to some of these pitchers, it's just really important to be taking a look at velocity and spin rate because, I mean, even if there wouldn't be this substance ban that would be in place, I was just taking a look at guys that might wind up losing velocity throughout the season because I feel like we all forget, this was a 60-game season last year. We're at game 75-ish for a lot of these teams, give or take a little bit, and – your big fear is that a lot of these guys having their arms burn out. Now, I know that there are some people that they say the inverse, some of these veteran pitchers, they needed a year off. But if you're looking at it like a young 26-year-old guy who had never really went north of 125 innings, this could be a little bit of an issue as well. So I do think that there's a wide variety of things. Taking a look at spin rate, taking a look at velocity, I think is going to be more important than ever. Like you mentioned it with Garrett Cole. He has not been the same recently. He's had a couple good starts. He obviously had that clunker on Sunday against the Boston Red Sox. And that's a prime example of it. I mentioned Trevor Bauer. These are the things that you want to take a look at. Now, don't be alarmed because the spin rate is down like five or something like that. It's like, no, this is not really cause for concern fastball velocity going from like 96.8 to 96.3 or something you don't need to take a look at something's ball but if you're noticing that it's just a dramatic drop with this then you want to be keying it well i'll be curious it's this interesting is... to look yeah go ahead go ahead yeah. guns. go ahead finish no, no no it's interesting to look at especially when you see uh in in a lot of cases you see minus 200 or minus 220 or, or uh, in some cases i think there was a minus 300 tonight Astros. Um, yeah, yeah it, 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 in a in a spot where 
you know, it's still in the uh, no substance transition. If these guys had high spin rates before, it's like it may be worth taking at least on the run line, some of these teams. But um, no, I just thought I, I think it's interesting to like try to look at that aspect of it. But And we are noticing that a lot of these underdogs, they might not win the game outright, but they're covering on the run line because I've actually noticed that with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have been just absolutely terrible all year long. But going into Tuesday's action, I believe that they had covered seven out of their last 12 games on the run line. So they've actually done a halfway decent job right. there. Winning outright, not so much, but you chalk that up more to the bullpen. Maybe you wind up attacking a couple first fives with a guy like a Zach Gallon that you'd like for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you just try to avoid that right. bullpen. And if you're going full game, you wind up taking it over because – you know that runs are going to be given up the second that that trustworthy starter winds are getting pulled. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those run lines actually had some plus money attached to it or were kind of a short favorite, you know. Oh, yeah, like the even... Orioles on Tuesday and Monday. Heck yeah. Yeah. Especially going against the Astros, who are uh, a heavy run line cover, yeah. notorious. And you're going against a team that gives up a ton of runs well so, the astros yeah. who score a lot of runs also ground into a lot of double plays and were tied the other maybe a day or two ago with the yankees for the most double plays grounded into in the league which is why i'm transitioning to my lovely yankees <laughs> i got two red Sox fans that i got to co-host this thing with i've been getting tortured Lost it in the background <laughs> luckily i didn't is there, more, is there some more back there for <laughs> yeah. you is, i think is, i owe uh, these guys a couple of shots i gotta take of is greg terrible. is greg familiar with this spirit that you're gonna have to I take. don't think anyone's familiar with that spirit. You can ask him. I don't know. Oh my god. It's supposedly the grossest drink on the planet. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It, it's yeah, born out of Chicago, probably out of a dirty bathtub, <laughs> like when Al Capone was kind of running things in Chicago. Um, it is uh <laughs> notorious at, for I guess for losing bets. young people to go and take a shot there, Ugh. especially if they're going to college or just moving there. And <laughs> It's like a rite what of passage I've, kind of thing, I think. Well, yeah, what I've heard is like going down is easy. It's just the aftertaste pretty right. much gets you. And so coming like, out is, I heard it's not great coming out either. It's spells. like drinking oh. dirty pond water. But I'm out, uh, on that. I'm out on that. Yeah. Hey, it's but, not, hey, don't blame me. Well, blame you're your, not blame, out your, blame your Yankees. Your Yankees got swept. Double sweep. So, I did want to ask Greg <laughs> to, yeah, to see if he thinks there's hope for this team to turn it around. I mean, it's just a lack of like a sense of urgency. The bats can't get going. For a while, the pitching was holding up. But you look at the offensive statistics, I mean, they're all they're they're really in a bad place. Fundamentally, they're so bad, which I think is the worst part. They can't field, they can't run, you know, um, runners in scoring position. It's just it's non-existent. So any read for you with that Yankee team with the AL East race? I actually do think that there's a little bit of encouragement for the Yankees to finish above 500 and be a contender for a wild card. I don't think that they're going to be able to win the division. I honestly think it's going to be the Tampa Bay race. I do think that there's going to be some regression that comes in with that, that Red Sox bullpen because Garrett Whitlock, I just don't think he's able to maintain an ERA of a one five Darwin's Hernandez (laughs) has like a three ERA right now. Her Kazusara has come in. He has been absolutely tremendous for this team, but I take a look at guys like Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, I think that that's a big thing for the team. I actually think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to pick it up a little bit. You yeah. may recall he led the American right. League in walks in 2019. His command has been better. He's just been getting hit all over the place. So that has been really interesting to see in the Tampa Bay race. They just always seem to be that team that they make some under-the-radar move. They bring in a guy that's hitting like a 220 elsewhere that nobody else wants. They wind up getting him in, and all of a sudden, he becomes like Willie Mays 2.0. It happens every single year. It's so infuriating, but I really think that the Yankees are a team that is going to be probably finishing right around where the Toronto Blue Jays do in the AL East. I think that that's going to be above 500 because I do think that the offense is going to pick up with Luke Voigt. Even though it was a shortened year in 2020, he wound up leading the league in home runs. You could tell that this was just a completely different offense when he was in it versus when he wasn't. But there was also the aspect that you want to bring up as well. The pitching is just not holding up. Corey Kluber was doing a solid job before he wound up getting hurt. And let's face it, it was pretty predictable that Corey Kluber was going to at some point get hurt. Jamison Tyon just has not been able to refine that match. And it's one of these things in which if they could just get a consistent five innings out of their starters, they'd be fine because this bullpen is one of the best thing you're going to find out there in the big leagues. But when you've got guys like Michael King and company getting trotted out there, that's what makes it tough for the Yankees. 
Yeah, I'm hoping maybe a Severino. Speaking of bullpens, my last question, I think the the guys have one more as well, but why are the bullpens so good this year? Is this, this is, isn't this one of the best bullpen years in in recent memory? Um, Yeah, especially. According to a lot of stats, I mean, XFIP or however you want to say it is every team's below five right now, right? Or something. And I don't, I just, that's hard to believe. I, I don't know if it's the sticky stuff. I don't know if it's the change in offensive strategy um, with, you know, less balls in play or something. I don't know, but um, what's your, what's your, you think we're going to see a flip post all-star break and we're going to get bullpens being bad again or, or starters just better. And that that's, what's making the bullpens better as well. They're not as strung out. If you take a look over the last 30 days, bullpen ERAs are going up and up and up. I think it's just one of these cases in which you wind up having the pitchers ahead of the batters a little bit earlier this mm-hmm. year. And also keep in mind, when you've got places like Minnesota, the northeast part of the country, things like this, you've got very cold environments mm-hmm. in April, even into May. Now it's getting scorching out. If you were out there in the Pacific Northwest last couple of days, thoughts and prayers to you as it got up north of 110 <laughs> degrees over there. So it's certainly been getting very hot. And with these bullpens in general, I feel like they're starting to get a little bit more worn out because we have noticed that managers wound up babying some of their starters a little bit towards the beginning of the year. And the bullpens were able to do a solid job in the month of April, even into the month of May. But now you're seeing them get hit around it. We're seeing a big discrepancy between the haves and have nots like the San Diego Padres bullpen has been amazing the Cubs bullpen other than the fact that they gave up 10 runs on Monday in no, one inning to the Milwaukee horrible. Brewers that had guns on tilt that had guns on tilt no, I, was, I, lost my, I lost my shit on that one I had the Being under in that game so don't you worry so did guns right so did guns, so, oh, did guns. so bad oh. that was terrible but I mean you take a look really at some of these teams like that, other than the obvious 10 runs that was given up by the Cubs, they've been relatively solid. But then you get to the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. You get to the Baltimore Orioles bullpen. I mentioned the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they're just absolutely putrid. So I feel like you've got half the bullpens in the league that are relatively solid, and then you've got another half that's just absolutely terrible, and that's right now making it look a little bit better than what it is for some of these lesser teams. Okay, that's a good that's a good answer, and that's kind of what I expected as well. But I got I got a question <sighs> just about like just bringing it back to the East, and you said like Tampa's probably going to win the East. It's like so you know you have Chris Sales kind of sitting out there for the Red Sox, and you know he hasn't he hasn't played at all. He's doing a few you know a few random starts here and there. You hear about his return coming sometime in July. It keeps getting pushed back to August. It's like. So if you have the Chris Sales return and and the Red Sox desperately need a, another starting pitcher to supplement that electric offense that the Red Sox bring to the table, is that going to be enough to help them to propel them to not only uh, American East division title, is it going to propel them enough to get like through the playoffs into a World Series kind of element? I just don't buy it with Chris Sale because the last time we saw him in 2019, the Red Sox were actually absolutely terrible in his starts. Mm-hmm. You trotted out there pretty much They're anyone else for the Boston Red Sox, and they were actually having a better record than Chris Sale. So I think that okay. he's a big, giant question mark. If you get a weak Chris Sale, that is going to be absolutely massive because we've seen it with the San Francisco Giants. They have gotten elite Buster Posey this year. It's the reason why they've right now got the best record in the big leagues. But we wound up mentioning it a little bit earlier with Jamison Tyon. He was absolutely amazing with the Pittsburgh Pirates a few years ago. He's come back this year. He hasn't necessarily been the same. So it's one of these, I need to see it before I believe it with Chris Sale. Can he be a difference maker at his peak? Absolutely. But we just have no idea what we're no going to get out of him. Especially after surgery. Yeah, I get yep. that. That that offense is good. Raphael Devers just basically stepped up to like this prominent role of the Red Sox offense player. is here to say absolutely it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Well, let's and wrap Bar- up. And Barnes is closer. That's just he's just been yeah. electric. It, it, that's yeah. been yes. great. So mm-hmm. I'm pleasantly surprised. Here, we, we did want to ask. Uh, we did want to see if you had any leans on futures, maybe bets you've placed, or just even this far into the season now, kind of where you would circle two teams, what you think either you know World Series matchup, World Series winner might look like. I personally don't really dive into the futures yeah. market, but if I were to look at something with regards to the National League, 
I still think the Giants have a little bit of value. It's tough with baseball futures because oftentimes you have to pick them to win the division. They don't necessarily give you odds to win the playoffs. I know that some of the Eastern states, you get a little bit more of that rather than out here in Las Vegas. And I really do think that the Giants are here to say, I continue to say that they are getting disrespected. And I firmly believe that because they've got such good pitching, but if you're looking for a little bit of value, I'd be taking a look at the Giants. And then in the American League, I think it's really intriguing what we're going to be getting out there in the American League. But I do think that the White Sox have a good chance to be able to make a run because you're going to be getting back Eloy Jimenez before the end of the year. Luis yeah. Robert should be coming back as well. This is a White Sox team that they're right now dealing with a bunch of injuries. And yet still, they've got one of the best records out there in the American League. So mm-hmm. those are the two teams I'd be looking at for some value. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it there. We're going to close out the show with Greg leaving us, but we appreciate this, man. Like I said, it was awesome. Greg Peterson at G unit underscore 81 on Twitter, host of the hooping with hoops and the bet, the baseball betting podcast. Uh, you can find him on VSIN as well. Greg, where else can everyone get you? You can find me on Twitter at G unit underscore 81. That's where I post up all my handicap lines for every day in the MLB season. And then once we get to college basketball, going to be doing that. Like you said, hooping with hoops podcast, along with, this is a hard one to find. The Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg <laughs> Peterson, the creative. The folks over there with the creative marketing, they all got a raise on this one because I have no <laughs> idea how they came up with that. But you're able to find that wherever you get your oh, podcast, Apple listen. Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Well, I'm, well, I'm available do- for your podcast if you want. If you need some electricity into this situation. <laughs> By the way, you need to follow me on Twitter at Gunspecs. I don't think you follow me. I don't think I do. I will need to change that. Wow. Okay. Call out. Right there. Wow. (laughs) Well, awesome. Go follow Greg. Check out the podcast. If you're into baseball, if you're into college hoops, it's a must listen. So dude, we appreciate it. And we'll definitely do this again soon. Thanks, Greg. Perfect. That was fun. Thank you. See you guys.